Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and for those who are new to the show, Coffee with Convery is an intimate, upfront, and personal coffee chat with some of the amazing and intriguing and most inspiring students and young talent I have met over the years. This podcast series is meant for all audiences, students, new grads, career service counselors, parents, recruiters, and lifetime learners with a passion for the future of skills and the future of work. My guest today with me is Mega Ladd, a dynamic and energetic student from the University of Toronto, who is studying for her bachelor's degree in business administration and management strategy, and she's in her final semester. Welcome, Mega, and to the show. And uh, why don't why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Hey, Brian, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, so I'm currently finishing up my last semester at the University of Toronto. Um, I'm very eager to be kind of going into the corporate world and just disrupting everything. I've always been uh, learning business by the book. So it's been really interesting for the past couple of years to see the world of tech and kind of get my foot into the door. I'm currently working as the head of strategic partnerships at a Toronto-based digital management consulting firm. So that's been super exciting. Um, you know, I've connected with you over the years and, and we connected back uh, when I was the president of a University of Toronto case competition. So I was really able to grow with that and, and really problem solve it and set records for myself in that. Um, I've worked over at RBC in the technology sector. I've worked in the IT consulting firm and, and really, really love um, being an advocate for women's education. I, I used to be a mentor at Technovations Girls. It's a global tech education nonprofit. Um, and in my kind of past times or, or on the weekends, I, I love all things food and, and uh, coffee related. So, so that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. Thanks. For, and yeah, I remember when we met uh, at live, right? And when we could be live and in person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You did a phenomenal job with that. And uh, it was such a pleasure to attend. Um, it actually seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't all that long ago. Yeah, it uh, seems like forever ago we had you at the, the gala over at the Hyatt Hotel. So it was a great yeah. way to end off the conference but it was it was a long way coming i remember i was planning for like almost a year and a half for that and then i think when we met it was the very last hour of the very last day so it was like that cathartic feeling <laughs> yeah well it was a memorable event event and uh all, all kudos to you for uh for putting that thing together wow um you know <laughs> as we you know, as we kind of get going here and, and we really already are warmed up, but, you know, I just wanted to get to know you questions to to maybe talk about some more insights into you as a person. So if you don't mind, I wanted to ask you a couple fun sort of questions that give you know, <laughs> insights into you and also shares with the audience. Um, so what would you say is your favorite used emoji? Ooh, um, good question. I think my most in favorite emoji is like the red heart. Just yeah. stick to the classics. Um, yeah, I use it all the time. It's, it's always in my recent, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, that's a good one to use, right? It's, uh, how about, um, now you said the foodie side and I know the coffee side as well, um, but if you had <laughs> to eat one food and just one, 
for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, this is a good one. And being a foodie, I'm like particular about my food. So I, I, I think um, risotto would be the one thing that I, I would just love to eat. Just the, the rice and the carbs and just the creamy goodness. I could, I could go my whole life with that. Nice. Risotto. Yeah, this one's really interesting when I talk to the guests how I've had a lot of pasta, a lot of lasagna. Now I got risotto. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would be, you know, favorite way to spend your day off? Um, I think my my favorite thing to do, like, on the weekends is just to have my routine, like, comfy clothes, good cup of coffee, uh, maybe watch reruns. I'm, I'm super into Bollywood movies, so watch some reruns. <laughs> um, maybe do some baking, because that's always a good pastime I like. Yeah, absolutely. Baking's become a new thing, uh, you know, since we've all been at home so much. And, uh, and now, now I think I need to take up some exercise along with that baking. <laughs> uh, next question would be hit the snooze button or wake up immediately. Oh, hit the snooze button like 12 times, like at least it's my go-to. <laughs> okay. So never just get up and go hit it 12 no. times. All right. Uh, what? If you had to pick, so we talked about favorite food. So what, if you had to think of a word, what is your favorite word? Um, I think I'm going to stick with like the food theme and say charcuterie um, because <laughs> it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just a great thing to have and an interesting word. <laughs> and it's a fun word, right? Yeah, it's fun, it's fun to say. <laughs> uh, there you go. So, um, okay. So many students like you have made that, you know, high school, the post-secondary school transition, have entered into the workforce for internships, co-ops, and those work-integrated learning experiences. I was wondering if you would take maybe a few minutes just to talk about your own transition, you know, so far and what you may have learned along the way. For sure, yeah. Um, I think the main thing is for me, there's two things. So the first thing is to be adaptable. Um, and the second thing is to set expectations. So let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, so the first thing is when you go into an environment, like uh, if you're doing a co-op term or you're doing an internship, usually it's a very short amount of time, usually four months or eight months. And that current team or that work environment already has a set standard of, of how their team dynamic is and how their workflows is. So when you go into that sort of environment, you really have to have an open mind and be able to adapt to everything that they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Like their softwares might be different. They might use uh, a MacBook instead of a PC. So you really need to adapt to what their norms are and be able to fit into that team dynamic just to make your life easier and just to make the rest of the team's life easier um, for that period that you're there. Uh, the second thing that I said was that expectation. So I think this was a big uh, issue f for me when I was going in and I wa wasn't able to really set expectations for the team that I was working on. And let me kind of explain what I mean by that. Um, it's okay to be able to go into a position um, when you have a role set in place. And if there are things that you're asked to do, um, it's okay to say no and be respectful when you say no in the sense that 
if you have a full plate of stuff you're doing on a daily basis, if you're interning and you already have a bunch of work that you're getting done, it's important to know that you can say no to something if you aren't able to do the best job because your manager or whoever you're reporting to will be able to work with you and manage your time better. So if there are projects that are more or less important, you can work with your manager and figure out what you do have time for and what you don't have time for. And the last thing you want to do is have your plate too full that you're, that you're underperforming. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's some, that's some great advice. Uh, you know, especially adaptability these days too, it's like a whole nother level, right? And I talk to students and young people like yourself who are, you know, going through the the pandemic, working, you know, either in part-time, full-time jobs or co-ops, going to school and having that that adaptability is 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 a whole new um skill set, even when you think beyond even what we might consider adaptability to be. Exactly, um, exactly. So it's a it's very key. And I and I also like what you said about knowing when your plate's full, knowing when to to say no, and 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 also knowing when to ask for help. Um, I think sometimes yeah. I've seen a lot of folks just, whether you're a student or not, um, raising your hand to say, you know, I I, I need some help over here. Um, right, that exactly. goes a long way too. The biggest thing is you never you never want to get into a position where you're not learning or where you're not growing. I think the biggest goal with internships is to learn and grow and prepare yourself for the real world. So if you're doing tasks that you don't think are helping you accomplish that, then maybe you need to take a step back and, and pivot with your manager and yeah. work with them to make sure that you're doing your job that's within your mandate and you're able to take on projects that'll help you grow outside of your mandate. And that was a really great thing I, I had over at RBC. My manager was really, really great at um, juggling a bunch of things and making sure that I had projects that were interesting and I had projects that were my day-to-day to-dos. Right, exactly, exactly. And that you can prioritize between, right? Mm -hmm. um, what, so I, I like this question because, you know, I often get asked by different folks, whether it's professors or schools or different people saying, you know, skills and what they learn in school, what they learn on the job. And so what's one thing, you know, you think that might or should be taught in school that that isn't? Um, I think the one thing that I've kind of learned over some time is companies really like to hire human beings. And, and what I mean when I say that is, <laughs> you, <ha> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing because you know what I mean, right? Uh, um, you have to have passions and hobbies and things that you do in your personal life. And you don't just shut those off when you walk into an office. You're, you're a real part of a team and you're part of a, a family when you go into work and you really need to be able to show that um, side of yourself and, and people really wanna hire for the person and you need to be able to fit into those things and, and those categories. You're not just what is written on your resume. Um, so that is really important. Even even in an interview where you're trying to stand out, you really should try to talk about your passions and things that you're interested about because that's that's when you're set apart from the other people. Absolutely, and that great advice for the interview too. Because you know when people lead um, with the resume and what they do versus who they are and what they value, it's it's a totally different conversation. Um, 
and an understanding of who you are to stand out. Uh, One of the, so getting a little bit more personal now, I was wondering if you could share with me and our viewers um, and audience here, what, what has been maybe the biggest challenge in your life and how did you overcome it? Um, I think one of the biggest things I've, I've always feared was, was failure. And it's, it's this running joke in my family because I'm the younger sibling and I was always the star child. So I was always <laughs> used to, used to being like, Mega is doing everything right. And, and she's getting all these awards and things like that. Um, so when I grew up, I, I was kind of hit with reality and, and that you can't do everything and not fail. Um, and I think the fear of failure is, is a real thing I had in the biggest way I, I got through that was realizing and falling on my face. <laughs> and you learn a lot when you fail and, and you go in. I think after that happened a couple of times, I was really too able to readjust my mindset and learn from it. And, and now I look back and I have a different way of thinking. For example, when I was uh, organizing that conference live competition, um, I went in with a bunch of different statistics from the year before us saying that we weren't able to put on a great conference because we didn't have the corporate sponsorship and things like that. So I sat down with my team and I really looked at the details and then we looked at if we did it a completely different way, just uprooted everything that the years before us have done, is it feasible? So we changed everything completely. Um, and I, I went to our board of directors and I said, hey, we're changing everything. This could either go really, really badly or this could be the best year ever. Um, and I think having the confidence to do that took a really long time, um, but I was, before I did that, I sat down and I weighed the pros and cons. And, and I think that was the biggest thing to get me over that fear is sitting down and analyzing the situation, weighing the pros and cons and, and seeing if we go through with this, what's the worst case scenario. And lucky enough, um, we did put in the grunt work and, and we did hit sponsorship records that year with our crazy restructuring, but <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't always work out that way. Right. So you need to be able to um, go in and, be open to failure to have such good outcomes. Amazing. Yeah. Open to failure, open to learning. You know, the other thing that stuck with what you said too, is you looked at data, right? You looked at information Mm -hmm. from the past to change the present and the future. And, you know, that's also key in, in those, in those moments and not being afraid to, it's funny how we talk about taking risks and, you know, at the end of the day, I sometimes think of risk as a pretty big word and, you know, how much of a risk, like you said, is it, it could be the worst thing or the best thing, but you know, it's exactly like there's, there's people out there in, in companies just doing risk all day long. There's risk analysts analyst right. as a industry, like as a, the job. So there's definitely a lot to learn from that and, and just move forward afterwards. Absolutely. Thank you for, for that. Um, I think that's some great, great thoughts there to share. And, you know, one of the things too, is if we look at, um, um, there's an expression, yesterday's dreams aren't always today's realities. And when we think about this today, you know, how have your, I don't know, priorities changed over, over time and, and, and why have they changed? 
Um, I think when I look back like five years or 10 years, like I said, uh, as a kid, I was very naive. Um, and I saw this instant gratification of, of things that I did well and these accomplishments that I had. And, and I soon realized that I couldn't be a part of everything and do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that you don't know what you don't know. And uh, I think that's really prevalent when you get into business and you get into the corporate world because there's so many different areas you could work in and there's so many different areas you can learn about, but you don't even know about it until you get your foot in the door. So I think one thing that I've learned throughout the years is you can't do everything, but when you do go into something, you go into a situation, you really need to um, be open to learning and be open to change and be open to adaptability. Like we talked about before, I, a few months ago, I actually wrote like this small short blog about how being the smartest person in the room is, is probably the worst thing you can do for yourself because you're, you're going into a situation where you're not able to learn from anyone and, and you're not able to grow. And I think that's the worst kind of situation to put yourself in. So I think just, be open to change and realize that you can't do everything all the time. Again, really, really good advice. And hopefully for our listeners, um, they're taking some notes on these. These are some great life lessons. <laughs> um, you know, when I think about you and I, you know, like I've, I've seen you and talked with you and seen you in action in some of these areas and, you know, even sharing back to like, you know, that idea of failure and, and as a young kid and, and kind of being the focus as the youngest and all those things. I, I never would have known uh, some of that about you. I'm the oldest in my family, so that's a whole nother story. But, um, <laughs> you know, when you look at your values, I, I think of you and I think of your values and your values are what make, you know, you who you are and who you are as a person and how you approach things and how you build your relationships and, you know, how... Um, uh, you know, how you approach life. So, you know, when you think about your values um, and your skills, how, how have those enabled you to, to be successful in, in life and what you're doing? Uh, definitely. I, I have some really great values given to me by my parents. They're really awesome humans. Um, and biggest thing that my mom always taught me was to be honest and to be true to yourself. And I think I carry that with me into kind of the business world where if you, for example, are walking into a networking event and you're talking to recruiters or networkers, oftentimes we, as students in undergrad, we kind of feel like we have to put on this facade and act a certain way or talk in a certain way to impress XYZ person. And you've probably been on the other side of this. Um, so you kind of know, it's easy to, to tell when someone is being their true self and being honest. And it's easy to tell when they're kind of making up a facade to impress a person. And and that's what brings me back to my earlier point is people look for other human beings. You need to be true to yourself. You need to talk to other people because at the end of the day, you could be a CEO of a huge multi-million dollar company, but you're still a person. You still have hobbies. You still go home at the end of the day to your family. So I think the biggest thing to know is you should treat others all equal and be honest and be true to yourself. I really, 
I really love that advice, and I'm glad you brought in the whole networking side of it. Uh, I've been in recent conversations specifically on this and trying to change the narrative and the mindset for students to think about when they approach these um, these these opportunities, because at the end of the day, to your point, um, you know, I you need to approach it where you're not, um, and I've heard this, I've actually been at events where I heard people say, oh, I got to put my networking face on or my game face <laughs> exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. And, right? and you're like, this, look, first of all, this isn't a game, this is life. And, <laughs> you know, you know, if you're going to put a game face on, that might be good for the playing games, but not for networking, right? And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think we get, I don't know where it comes from, where we get programmed into this, going into the business setting, we become something we're not, uh, or we try to be something we're not and, and play to a certain role or a certain what we think people want to hear from us. But to your point, it's just so it's so artificial, it just doesn't work. Exactly. And I think that too, it, like it carries over into into social media. Like if we look at the difference between how people portray themselves on LinkedIn, versus Instagram versus Facebook, like, why are we doing such different things? Why can, why is LinkedIn like your quote unquote corporate self in Instagram, like your real unfiltered raw self? Why, why are those two so different? And why are we pretending to be something we're not? <laughs> I'm just laughing and smiling at the same time. And uh, if we were face to face <laughs> on this one, I, I kind of laugh because I've, I've kind of broken those walls down. And I think that's why I've been having fruitful conversations and learning to meet people and students who will say, you know, you're authentic on Facebook. I feel like I know you, I want to talk to you about some things. And, you know, I just, I share that advice with others too, because you can still be professional, but still show who you are without creating two different personas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can set off and change that together yeah for um, sure. <laughs> uh the last thing and and of course because when this podcast airs um we will be uh in the middle of international women's day week which actually the day is on monday march 8th and i i wanted to make sure i covered that uh with you specifically um and wanted to hear your feedback and your your thoughts about you know, given this week is International Women's Day, what I'm curious, what does that day mean to you? So it's interesting you ask that because International Women's Day is super close to my heart because I come from a super great family with some super amazing, strong women in my life. And I'm very, very lucky to have known them and have them in my life. And for me, International Women's Day is one of the biggest things, because I, I look back on how my life is, and I'm a first generation. Uh, I was born in Canada. My parents are from India, um, and the generations before them are all in India. And I look back on how my mom's life was and how my grandma's life was and how mm -hmm. strong human beings they were, but the situations they were placed into um, were very unfortunate. And they faced so much adversity in their lifetime. For example, my, my grandmother, she was only two and a half years when she lost her mom in a childbirth of her younger brother. And she basically grew up 
and had to raise herself. She had an older sister that got married off very, very young. And she had to support her father and her brother in all the household chores and the cooking and the cleaning. And, and I look back on, on her daily struggles and my daily struggles. And I, it really, really makes me think like some days they didn't have water. So she would have to walk kilometers on end to get just a bucket of water. And my daily struggles are making sure my Wi-Fi is connected properly. So <laughs> you, you kind of look at the difference in the opportunities and, and me living in Canada, having such a great, um, I've been blessed with such a great life. And I virtually had the ability to go to university and have an education anywhere I wanted to. And my, my mom didn't have that. She had to go to college near her um, city, uh, close to home, so she could help her mother and her siblings. And those opportunities um, that I have today are because the generations before me made those sacrifices and kind of paved the way so I think it's really, really important. And I never want to stop paving the way for, for people after me because I was so lucky for them to do that for me that I, I would be selfish not to for the people after me. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you for sharing and um, and and reflecting on that, right? And thinking about those that came before and and playing it forward and also being there for future generations, I think, you know, as I listen to you and I listen to some of the guests I've had on the show, I feel, I feel happy that there's uh, people coming up uh, behind and the generations that are thinking this way and, you know, you know, concerned about things in the world and wanting to make things better for everyone. And um, so it's, it's, it's really nice to, to talk with you and to hear, you know, that personal side of International Women's Day for you as well, because I think it does represent um, a, a special day for for many, but also individually, it, re it, it represents um, moments, memories, and and thoughts. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, well, I have to say, I could go on talking with you for <laughs> hours. I know I've always enjoyed our conversations, and um, today was yeah. definitely <laughs> definitely the same. Um, Mega, I just I really want to thank you for being you know part of uh, being part of the show and. You know, sharing your your thoughts and your insights and and your your human side, right? The human side of you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It always comes through. That's why we we look for that, as you said. And um, and I I really did enjoy it. So thank you. I I really big thank you for for being a part of this and being part of the discussions. And uh, thank you. Yeah. No, I appreciate it so much. And it's it's great to uh, be on the the International Women's Week uh, episode as well because. Um, it's just so great to have all these opportunities and, and things in front of us. So thanks so much for having me. And it was great to talk. Absolutely. So for our listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. And we will look to connect this week to talk with more young women and their journeys as we celebrate International Women's Day week. This has been Coffee with Conferee. Until next time, stay well. <laughs>